Welcome to Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit like and subscribe and that notification button. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My co-host tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. We are joined, as you can see, by two special guests tonight. They are a married pickleball couple. Um, we've got an interview for you with both of them. We, Megan, uh, she is a member of the uh, Seattle Pioneer. And then we got Ryler over there. He is on the Frisco Pandas. So we got two major league pickleball players here for us tonight. And we're going to jump right into our, our Q&A. First question is going to be for, for Megan Fudge here. So Megan, born in Germany, how did you make your journey to the U.S.? And when did your passion for tennis start? Because I know you started in tennis. Yeah, great question. Um, my whole family played tennis growing up. So my dad's actually a director of tennis at a big club in Germany. And as soon as I was able to walk, it was uh, part of my journey to learn tennis. So I, I lived and grew up on the tennis courts in Germany on the red clay. So that was uh, how I got into tennis. And then when I was um, getting recruited uh, about my, my senior year in high school, I got recruited by University of Illinois, along with a couple of other schools in the States to come over to play college tennis. And um, I flew over to America for my first time ever coming over on my recruiting trip. And I flew into the cornfields of Champaign, Illinois, and uh, never looked back. But <laughs> no, I was like, all right, I guess I do this for a semester or two and see if I can play college tennis and get my education paid for as well. And then I met my husband, uh, Ryler, who was in college um, at University of Illinois as well. And we, um, yeah, we hit it off and I'm still stuck here. So our, our other <laughs> guest, <laughs> Ryler DeHart, we, Brian, we'll start out with a question for him. Hi, Ryder. It's great to talk to you. Um, you played pro tennis for a handful of seasons prior to pickleball. Uh, you were able to be ranked up in the top 200 uh, back in 2010. So how would you describe your time on the tour? Uh, it was good. You know, yeah, tennis is my whole life, just like Megan. Uh, we both played college tennis, like she said, and then it was kind of the natural progression for me. I always wanted to play pro, so went out there and gave it a go. I uh, played for about six years, as you said, and um, I wanted to play longer, but kind of cut my career short with some injuries and, you know, meeting Megan and then we got a dog and <laughs> it was all kind of over for there from there. But, um, but no, it was a good time. It was, it was a grind. It's not easy. It's a tough sport being international. You're traveling a ton, living out of a suitcase and probably not making as much money as you would think if, you know, being like top 200 in a extreme you know global and popular sport you're still not making very much money um at least back then when i was playing it's gotten a little bit better now but it's a very tough sport to make a living but uh but i don't regret it it was a great experience and i enjoyed my time out there on the tour for sure so megan university of illinois you meet your husband ryler there uh what brought you from tennis to pickleball yeah after i was kind of done with tennis um after, after college. So as soon as I graduated college, I actually flew out to Paris to watch Ryle play at the French Open. And I knew that I wasn't going to play professional tennis. Um, my game style was more of a grinder. It was going to be brutally hard to make it on the tour, especially in women's tennis is like really very, very limited opportunities. Um, worse pay than for the men. So I knew tennis was necessarily on the, on the way out for me. Um, I was able to dabble, uh, and there's a couple of different other sports as well. Um, I got into running, um, did some did some marathons, half marathons, and then I got into biking and uh, swimming as well. So I did a half Ironman after my son was born, 
and uh, COVID hit and obviously everybody's on lockdown. We were living in Orlando at the time and we started hearing more and more about this pickleball thing and we're like, oh, well, I mean, it sounds interesting and we're very competitive and uh, we still have pretty good hand-eye coordination. And I was like, what if we just chalk up a court in the in the backyard, you know, and in the in the driveway and we could probably try this pickleball thing. So we bought some paddles at Walmart um, and we chopped up this court and we decided like hitting the ball over the net and we're like, oh, okay, like weren't quite clear on the rules, but within about, you know, 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, everybody's still kind of in their houses, but we were just in our backyard and people started looking outside their window, watching us play because we started getting very competitive, keeping score, of course. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of our first taster into pickleball. And then after the shutdown and lockdown was down, finished we moved to St. Pete and uh, looking for opportunities to meet other people at that time um, with couples with kids ideally and people kept on saying like go play pickleball go check out pickleball and I was like gosh we're really not that old I feel like we're just gonna meet a bunch of old people and uh, at pickleball but we finally <laughs> caved and we showed up at this country club that had open play paid our seven dollars and mm. uh never looked back we just like we, we definitely got creamed by some old old guys in the first game and it was like oh gosh we gotta maybe try to pack this a little bit more um but uh but no we met this other couple with with some kids as well we became really good friends with them and they became our like uh coaches i would say they like they saw our potential but they also saw that we had no clue what we were doing and uh steve and val they are still really good friends of ours and they just like took us under their wing and guided us through the the process of pickleball and told us we should practice and drill and and figure this whole thing out because we could be really good at it and um yeah and it's it was a crazy this was two years ago so um it was really really fun to see it was so fun to see the improvement so fast obviously um they always say it's easy to learn and hard to master I feel like we're right in the middle of that. So, rather take it back to 2010, uh, you were able to be a doubles partner in Hawaii with one of my all-time favorites, uh, Kevin Anderson, a really yeah. underrated talent, in my opinion. What, what was that experience like playing with him? Yeah, that was great. I mean, we were, Kevin and I are good friends. Uh, we played two years together at Illinois, and then we played on oh, tour. Nice. He was, yeah, he was uh, kind of like the like his beginning of his pro tour was kind of like tagging along with me. Um, I drove him to all the tournaments. We drove together, and then we played a lot of doubles together. Um, and then he just got too good and left me behind. But you know, he was like five in the world, I think, and two two Grand Slam finals. So right, right. had an amazing career. Um, but yeah, he was fun to play doubles with. He's six foot seven and has a massive serve. So that was uh, I didn't have to have green right, ball right. when I was playing with him. You know, funny story about Kevin. Last year, um, I got to pick out a celebrity from the University of Illinois to play Danny Werfel's pickleball event. Um, it's a pickleball charity event. And I asked Kevin if he would play um, because he just retired from tennis. Um, and Kevin was like, I've never played pickleball, but I'm willing to give it a try for charity. And so we came out and that morning he was like, okay, we, we, gotta, get, we gotta show up early, okay? We gotta show up really early. You gotta get me warmed up. You gotta get me going in this pickleball thing. You know, first two, three shots, he like whiffs the first one. He, you know, the ball, he was like, the ball's not bouncing, Megan. I'm just like, can you aim higher? Because he's six foot seven. I mean, he's he's a huge guy, you know, like doesn't bend his knees. Like, I'm just like, 
heaven you're gonna have to get really low on this like <laughs> you're gonna have to get really low but you can reach into the kitchen like i'm like guiding him through this but every like he got better so fast obviously um and by the end of the day he got he was really into it and we we got third place actually we lost to uh casey patterson and um chuck taylor um in the semi-finals which was a really good match um but it was just funny watching kevin in this environment where you think he would excel really fast but it was like the ball just doesn't bounce like i'm too tall for this game and then, but, uh, but yeah it was fun competing with kevin well and rock welcome rollo coffin from steelers nation south go ahead rollo you got next question so pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in america is growing in popularity overseas what do you attribute attribute that popularity to, and why do you think it's so popular amongst the younger crowd as well? That's a great question. Um, honestly, we mm. had the opportunity to go over to England for the English Open. It was powered by the APP Tour, so we got invited to go over to represent the the pros, the American pros. And honestly, the excitement was through the roof. I mean, the energy, the the people's just, you know, the enthusiasm of us, the Americans being there um, and bringing pickleball to them. I mean, a thousand registrations. We were doing pro-ams, clinics, any minute we had opened, they were booking us for stuff. Um, and the energy was just like, yeah, I mean, like, and this is Europe, you know, I mean, everybody's saying, oh, Europe's obsessed with Padel. But honestly, like, they love pickleball. They just don't have the infrastructure yet. Um but it's it's so fun to to see that the the growth happen. You know, it's going to exponentially grow across the world as it did in America the last three years. Um, I think it's just a matter of time and a matter of us helping them create that that infrastructure to to have the courts, to have the the um, the paddles available, the balls available. But I mean, paddle companies are there. We the entire English team was decked out in ProXR. Um, the Spanish team had their own. You know, there was some Selkirk, not necessarily that big. Franklin's getting really big over there. Gamma's been in Europe for a while now. So, but they had a couple other paddle companies, I think maybe from Padel originally. But um, but no, I mean, I think a lot of it is it's, is coming from the fact that it's so easy to learn and it's so extremely social um, that anybody from that ha wants to give it a try, I, I've never met anybody who was like, oh, I hate it. Like, you know, everybody's like, gives it a try. And they're in the right environment. So like the the um the skill level isn't too drastically different. People will just engage and, and enjoy it, I think. Um, even if you're not that competitive by nature, you can just enjoy the social aspect of it. There's just so many components to pickleball from the technical, tactical, social, emotional, um, being outside and exercising, like there's so many components that you can just embrace yourself in. Yeah, I mean, it's such an easy sport to, like, pick up, too. You just, you know, you can you get a couple of paddles and a ball, and you can chalk off a court, like, pretty much anywhere, you know, with a temp net. So, like, if, you know, Padel, for example, I mean, you got you kind of have to, like, have a thirty, forty thousand $40,000 court, you know, even more, I've heard, to build some of those courts. And it's, like, pickleball is kind of, like, I don't know, I would equate it to, like, the racket, the racket sport of, like, you know, kind of like basketball where you can go out, you have a ball and a hoop, you can kind of play basketball, you know, so like pretty much anybody or soccer where the kids, if they have a ball, they can go kick a ball around and play soccer. It's just an easy, it's like very easily accessible to play. Um, and then like, as far as like tennis, I'm, I think you guys probably wouldn't talk about that later, but like, you know, you can fit about three or four, sometimes four, if you squeeze them in pickleball courts on a tennis court. 
So it's kind of like a numbers game. You know, it's like, do you want four people playing or do you want 16 people, sometimes even more, if they're waiting and they're all kind of playing in and switching around? And so, like, you can have, like, 20 to 30 people in the same air, place. same space as you could have, like, really four people playing tennis. So it's like, it's just numbers-wise, that's kind of why it's gotten so popular, in my opinion. Um, I think the, e the easily accessibleness of it and then just the sheer numbers, you know, as far as, like, making money. I mean, because that's what a lot of these clubs, they look at their space and they're like, well, I can have 25 people playing a sport paying or I can have four people. What, which one am I going to do? It's kind of like a no-brainer. So. so what has life been like traveling in an RV to tournaments and – is it easier doing it with a spouse or are there times where maybe you feel you need a little space? I mean, how's, how's that working out for you too? Yeah. Um, space. <laughs> it's, no, it's been, uh, it's been honestly, we haven't had much time to reflect yet this year to see if it's really like what we want to do, but it's just been nonstop on the go. But basically our first year playing pro pickleball was last year. And there were so many trips on the airplane and rental cars, at Airbnbs and hotels. And together with two kids and the two of us trying to play and make this work. And, you know, and, and while also trying to recover in between tournaments and train and all these things, we were spending so much time trying to get back to Florida. And we were just like, I just don't know if this is working. I don't know if this is, we're going to be burned out so fast. It's just so much on our body, on um and so it was like okay what what would be uh, an opportunity for us to kind of make this work as a family um and That's so true. we we were like okay what about an rv like our friends have an rv our friends that don't play pickleball they're kind of talking about their rv and we're like gosh it's such you know it's, it's a great space we we love to travel we like to kind of enjoy the journey not just not just the, the playing of pickleball um and this would be a great opportunity for our, for our family to embrace more of a journey and so we, Violet was very hesitant at the beginning and was like, what are you thinking? You are crazy. Um, but I was like, well, I was listing more and more of the, the pros of, you know, having an RV and how we could maybe transition. And um, initially we kept our house in Florida in St. Pete area. And uh, we just did the Florida trips to tournaments and came back to the house and just kind of like, okay, did this work? Yes, this worked and this didn't work. We stayed on site. We stayed at campsites. We stayed at courts um so we're trying to figure how it'll work but it was a gradual transition and then march came and, and ryla was the one we're like we're done with the house we don't need it we're staying in the rv this is works better um our kids get stability by feeling like they're coming home um which is our home on the wheels every day no matter where we are in the country it creates stability for them and familiarity for us it was just easier because you know we are sleeping in our own beds we have a kitchen, we have a fridge, um, our recovery after matches were just better that way um, so that we were ready to go for the next day again. There were just too many components that that, that just spoke for it, that were just like, okay, let's let's do this. Let's try it. And we hit the road and we just yeah. haven't looked back I mean, yet. It's a much easier way to travel. It's a much, much more efficient, economical way to travel. I mean, you have to drive, obviously, um, and gas is pretty expensive, but... You know, you're saving money on the hotels, the cars. You know, we can eat here a lot, so we don't have to eat out every meal. Um, and so there's just so many factors, like Megan said, that makes it a lot more efficient for our whole family to do it rather than us, like, packing, traveling, flying. Wait, this amount of time you spend waiting in airports and just all that stuff, it's just such a pain. So it's like, you know, we can drive. As long as we're not driving across the whole country, 
you know, then it's it's pretty doable. So which we have done that too. We we've went done from, that a few times. We went yeah. from New York all the way to San Clemente for uh, wow. MLP, yeah. but we knew that we were going to be in California before tournaments, so it made sense. We yeah. have we've done a couple of trips where we're just like, okay, we're only going for one trip, and this drive would that be you know ten plus hours. Doesn't make sense. Let's get on an airplane. So we have done that this year as well, and just left the RV in, in a spot. Um, but uh, logistically, we've been trying to get to places in the RV when possible. Good, Brad. I think the other cool the other oh. cool thing about it is like you can kind of like we were talking about the other days. You can like make your home wherever you want as long as you can plug in somewhere. Like right now, we're at Dreamland. You know, literally, we just plug in, and we're kind of like, okay, our house is right here, and we can practice. And we have a friend in. Uh, is it we're in Colorado? Boulder. Boulder. Boulder, yeah. And so like his facility, we could just like plug in right next to the courts and, and we could be in Boulder for a week and play there. And so it kind of gives you like the flexibility to be wherever you want, you know, which is nice. Yeah. So nice, nice. Around, I mean, I, as as we've been saying, the popularity of pickleball is you know has grown quite a bit over the past several years. We'll likely see it to grow in the future. Speaking of the future, I understand you and Megan have two children, Lillian, Jr., mm -hmm. uh, and they're already working towards maybe being part of the future of the sport as well. So, what can you tell me about uh, about about your uh, about your ch uh, children there and where they're at with pickleball? Yeah, so they started in tennis. Um, I was still coaching tennis last year in 2022, um, and then before that as well. And I started that. We started them doing some type of, you know, hand-eye coordination stuff and stuff with a racket in their hand ever since they could walk and move and stuff. So, and then they just kind of tagged along with me and my tennis lessons. So I would always have them drop hit balls and kind of work on the technique. And so they had like a good foundation in tennis. And then this past year I stopped coaching and started playing full-time with Megan. And then that was kind of just a natural progression for them to start playing more pickleball. And uh, yeah, their games are coming along nicely. I was working today with Meg with uh, Lily on her backhand. She was really loving that. Um, she loves it when I coach her. So no, there's a little sarcasm there. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's not easy coaching your kids. I wouldn't recommend That's it. The truth. Um, but yeah, when they listen to me, they're you know they're great kids, and they are actually very good players now. They're playing probably at like a round of three O level. They played a couple tournaments. Uh, they got bronze and singles That's at a three O. How old are they now? Seven and eight. Yeah, so they can play. Yeah, so they go out there and, you know, people like adults will play them and they're kind of like, you know, oh, these kids are kind of small. And then once they see them hit the ball, they're like, oh, man, okay. Like, you know, they like Lily can rip it. So nice. um, so it's fun. But, yeah, I, I want them to enjoy it. But I'm trying to find that balance. I also want them to have a good foundation where they're playing the right way and they're developing the right skills because, it, you know, as you know, I mean, I'm a big believer in, like, if you have a solid foundation, it takes you a long way. If you don't do things right when they're young, it's really hard to break those bad habits. So we're kind of working on that. Um, but I've been coaching them for a while now, and, and I'm, I'm pleased with how it's going so far. And I'm excited to see them keep improving and playing more. So That was the other fun thing um, in England. That was their first tournament, actually. Um, they had it at the English Open. They had the junior event, which was... I really, I thought the concept was great. They everybody had to play with everyone. Um, everybody rotated around. They basically had a two-hour time slot on the court, and the parents were the referees and rotating around as well. And they just got to know, got to meet a bunch of other kids and and socialize and and play and learn from each other. And it was it was really fun. 
Um, I, I w- I'm hoping that we can help or support a pathway for juniors um, on the APP and PPA tour as well. Um, similar in that concept that it's just like more of a social rather than necessarily going for the medal. You know, it doesn't have to happen at the age of eight where they're like just competing for the win, the win, the win. Um, but actually, you know, meeting other kids and, and meeting other styles and supporting each other and working on teamwork. So there's so many more components than just, you know, the win and the loss and dealing with losses and wins. But but no, it's been, it's been a fun journey. Obviously, um, Gamma, Gamma Classic was their first adult tournament that they played in um, against uh, <laughs> JR. My little JR had to play this man with a huge big beard. That all That's all that JR could tell me. This guy has a huge beard, mom. <laughs> like, um, no. So he was fascinated with the beard. Um, but uh, it was a really fun match and people enjoyed watching uh, the kids play and people were asking me to live stream their matches and and it was just it's fun it's it's so exciting to watch them compete and and develop and and become these little competitors on the court um obviously maybe a little reflection of us out there but uh but no it's an it's it's a really fun time to to see them grow into the sport well this is a question for both of you. So you both played at the University of Illinois, were highly decorated, fairly, super accomplished. Uh, which was your, what was your favorite moment about being on the U of I campus? And what do you remember most about being there? And will you push your kids there when they start playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, University of Illinois has been uh, a big part of, uh, you know, how I was able to get come to America, how we were able to meet. Uh, it was been a big part of our journey. I, I wish we could get back to Champaign more often. We have taken our kids once now. Um, we missed alumni weekend, actually. Uh, it was a big 20-year anniversary of them winning NCAAs um, during the Chicago Open. And he got so much crap from the guys for missing the reunion and going onto the football field for a pickleball tournament. They were like, for pickleball? You're missing this for pickleball? And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I have a contractual obligation to play the Chicago Open. And, um, you know, this is what I do for a living, guys. <laughs> they just couldn't believe it. But um, but no, I mean, Champagne is is a great place. Not The football may, might not be the, the best, uh, although I think they're getting better. I always remembered going to basketball games and actually uh, women's volleyball. Uh, always an incredible atmosphere. And um, the spirit is really high. The fighting Illini. Seeing my freshman year was the last year of the chief. Um, so the the Illini chief was retired my freshman year. So seeing, I remember the last dance um, for, of the chief um, at the basketball game was was huge and was rather emotional for all the student athletes. Um, but um, but no, it's it's it was a fantastic four years of our lives, uh, of my life. And uh, and Ryler got to have his four years prior to me, but then came back to uh, Champagne um, to do his his uh, his like off season training and everything there as well. And that's when we actually met. But uh, what's one of your favorite memories from there? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, probably, winning, winning yeah, NCAAs. probably just winning NCAs with the team my freshman year. Um, just being a part of the tennis program. I mean, it was like a it was a family, and I was still keep in touch with a lot of the guys and. The coach is still the same. He's been there for since I was there, and he's a great guy and uh, still someone I talk to on a regular basis. So it was a great, um, great facility we had there and just a great, like, family atmosphere at the tennis side of things. The tennis program was great. So that was probably my 
my best memories. I was kind of just like a tennis student. I didn't, you know, nerd, didn't do much else. So well, I think Megan had a little more fun than I did. Well, Val was pre-med, <laughs> but Val was pre-med as well. So he yeah. literally was just going from the tennis court to study hall. So he, he took a definitely a, a hard path uh, through college and was very serious about his tennis. He knew that this was going to just be a platform for his pro career. So um, so he he picked Illinois because they all the guys on the team had this uh, professional aspiration and uh you know it was a as he's always described to me it was like you know eight guys on the team that were training like pros and that was i think is is unique for 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 college tennis i mean you always get one or two that's highly motivated and kind of pushing the team but to actually get eight guys that like they know that they can make it on the tour afterwards that's truly special and i think that's why they did so 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 well um, as a team, they ha still have the record for most wins in a row. They went undefeated um, his freshman year and then went undefeated until the semifinals uh, of NCAAs that following year. So they, they still hold that that record, um, which everybody said was not possible at an indoor school in you know in Illinois. So um, so it was nice to, to for them to to get that done. You guys aren't our first Illinois athletes. We've had uh, tight end Ken Dilger played with the Colts and won a Super Bowl here with the Buccaneers. So, oh, oh nice. cool, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. All right, so, so uh, this one is uh, for both of you as well. What can we expect uh, in 2024 and beyond from the Seattle Pioneers, and then also from the Frisco Pandas? Yeah, I mean, so obviously, um, I don't know how much you guys have uh, dove into all the details of what's happening with MLP. Um, and in 2024, uh, we have signed a contract, a three-year contract starting January 2024 to be part of Major League Pickleball. Um, but what that actually looks like, we have not got any information uh, besides the fact that we have committed to um, playing and to also playing on the APP tour. So we we have the opportunity to continue our journey on the APP tour and show our loyalty and our, you know, our support in, in what Ken Herman and, and Intersport has provided for us as a family all this year that we don't want to just walk away from. Um, so we will hopefully play as many APP events as the MLP schedule allows. Um, now, when it comes to the draft this season, has just started. Um, so we've been play played our first event for Seattle and for Frisco, um, and we have two more events with them. But in 2024, apparently there will not be a draft. Um, it won't be a draft process. It's going to be an application process um, where the teams will be renewed in some way or form. And um, we're very curious to hear how it all pans out. But um, as of right now, we have not seen an MLP schedule and we have not seen how the teams are going to be formed or which team we're going to be on or whether we're just going to be told what team we're on and the owners just kind of have like a salary cap i've heard rumors about that i've heard i've heard, rumors I've, heard about... I've heard expansion i've heard there's going to be expansion i don't know how accurate that is but correct I, yeah i've heard six players per team i've heard rumors of one league only no two no no challenger league i've heard so there's just so many there's no factor there's a lot of hearsay so you can um, don't edit that out. I, these are rumors. I don't know anything confirmed. Um, we are excited. We we do really enjoy the major league team atmosphere. It feels very much like college tennis all over again. Um, but we also love the APP tour, um, and we'll be embracing the PPA tour at some point as well. 
Yeah, I mean, the MLP format obviously is, you know, they call it the greatest in pickleball, which I think, I mean, it's pretty unmatched in terms of, like, the environment, the atmosphere, playing for the team, uh, super exciting scoring format that comes out of the wire a lot of times and the Dream Breakers. And, you know, I mean, it's genius what Steve Kuhn has done developing all that stuff. Um, yeah, as far as, like, the format goes, I think it's a little hard to, like, you know, develop, like, a team camaraderie and feel like you're a part of a team. Luckily, for me, I was on the same team the whole season, last season of the Chicago Slice. That's unusual. Like, Megan, I think, was on, like, three different teams. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It seems like you run a different team every every time. But, um, but yeah, and then my team hasn't changed. So, for the next one, I'll be the same. So, that's nice, I think, when you can have the same teammates and kind of, like, build a team chemistry and learn how to play with each other, I think is important. Um, but yeah, I would like to see maybe like one group, like I don't, I'm not really like a huge fan of like separating the the premier and the challenger league because we don't really get to play those players. And I think it'd be cool to just like see everybody play against each other. Um, so I think that would be kind of cool if they did that, but we'll see, like Megan said, on it, we'll see where it goes. We're just grateful to be a part of MLP still being able to play and compete and make a living playing the sport. I never thought I would have another chance to, you know, make a living playing a sport again. So I think I'm just need to be grateful for that. Um, even when I'm losing and playing like crap, that's what I tell myself out there. Just be grateful. You know? So that, that helps me to not snap a paddle over my head that's good. or my knees. So pretty frustrating sport. Not going to lie, but, uh, but it's fun. It's like hate it or love. It's addicting, man. Like you, you get pissed off when you lose, and then you're like, then I want to like play the next day. I don't get it. It's like golf. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like you hit a bad shot, and you want to throw your clubs in the woods, but then you're like, all right, let's go again. Like I can hit it better. You know, it's funny. So this, anyway, this question's for Megan now. Uh, Megan, you and you and Judith, you have a, a bit of a rivalry going on now. Judith Castillo, uh, you you just faced her recently in Texas. So what can you say about competing against her? Honestly, like, Judith is a phenomenal player. Um, I really love her game. Um, she, I remember the first tournament I saw her play at, and play, I played against her in Punta Gorda at the beginning of the year, and everybody was kind of like, oh, we got to watch out for this one. You know, it's a new tennis player coming through. And uh, she was just, she's just so sweet, you know, a, a real sweetheart. Obviously very feisty on the court, but so am I. Um, but I have a lot of respect for her. Um, I think she has a phenomenal game, a great work ethic. Uh, she's committed to her journey. And um, no, I'm excited for her. She's you know still developing more and more her doubles game and her mixed game as well, which is and uh, and staying true to her singles. And you know a lot of people when they start getting the hang of doubles and mix, they kind of jump ship from singles and give that one up. But uh, but no, she's 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 a great great person. I I, I hope that people don't think that. You know, like we just because we compete so hard on the court that there's any kind of animosity or anything like that, with in no means. Um, so, uh, so no, I have a, I have a lot of respect for her. So, uh, Ryler disappeared. He must have get some water. He's, kind of, he's, kind of, he's getting the kids re refreshments. Uh, <laughs> so, this is a question for both of you. Uh, who, who do you watch outside of each other? Do you really enjoy their game when they're on the pickleball court? Who do you look at and say, "Wow, they're." They're phenomenal. That's a tough question. Yeah, I should let him. I, this is how we order food too. So I, I, don't, I don't give my answer until he knows his answer because I don't want to influence his answer. Okay, <laughs> but uh, I can say right. I, I try to watch a lot of tape. So um, I, I try to watch tape and watch players and 
And obviously, uh, one of the players I watched a lot of uh, when I was first starting out was Vivian David. Um, Vivian David is, is, a, is a phenomenal right side player. Uh, she can also play on the left, but she chooses not to. Um, and just like her game style of resets to power um, and how low she gets, it was just fascinating to me. Um, so that was one of the players I love watching. And then obviously, you know, Annalie Waters, I mean, her power, uh, her presence on the court, her demeanor, um, her tactical strengths. Um, she has a, not, not a lot of people talk about how well she plays tactically. Everybody just talks about her power game and her balance, her athleticism and all these other aspects. But honestly, if you watch her matches, she makes extremely good decisions. And so that's what I uh, I love watching and trying to seeing if I can see what she's thinking and and uh, try and predict where she's going just on tape. I haven't had a chance to play her much. I played her once in MLP um, format, but that's it thus far. Um, but no, she's she's really fun to watch um, and obviously the best in our game. Thank you so much, so, Megan Fudge, Riley DeHart. Thank you so much for joining us. We we appreciate you both you both coming on. That's awesome. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you guys. A reminder everybody hit that like, subscribe, notification button. Thank you for watching. We'll see you all next time. Everyone have a great night.